you also have to be prepared to have high maintenance because of what we've already said. You've got older buildings and in those older buildings, more repairs happen. I think the biggest repair that I've uh, always hear is plumbing. We have plumbing issues. Anytime I ask a property manager what their biggest issue is, and if they mention anything other than plumbing, I know they're probably lying to me. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hey, our sponsor for the show today is Pine Financial Group, the leader in hard money lending in Colorado and Minnesota. And they were recently approved to offer their investment publicly. This investment offers only for investors in Colorado and Minnesota and is only made through their investment prospects. Get your copy today. Simply visit www.pineinvestments.com and click to get started. Look, there's a reason why some of the wealthiest people in history invest in loans backed by real estate. Learn more about the risks and returns at www.pineinvestments.com. Welcome back to another edition of Hump Day Hustle, the show where we focus on business and real estate as our core pillars of wealth creation. My name is John Stiles with Bridge Realty, and I'm excited for another great episode. Today, we're going to be talking about why B-class properties are the best. and uh, Or the worst. Or the worst. Yeah. So before we get into that, this, uh, of course, is our host, Todd Dexheimer. Todd, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, John. How are you? I'm doing good. I hear that you just got back from a camping trip. Uh, how did that go for you? Yeah, it was it was awesome. Obviously, you and I talked a little bit uh, about it just now, and it was fantastic. I love uh, just I love hiking, and uh, I like to push my kids and do a lot of hiking. We just did a lot of fun hikes, and we're up on the North Shore, um, which is uh, the I guess the what would that be the kind of the north west uh, shore of Lake Superior. So we're almost to Canada. Uh, we're about, I think we got about 15, 20 miles from Canada. Um, and just did a ton of hiking. There's lots of beautiful rivers up there. Beautiful, uh, they call them mountains. I don't know if they're quite mountains, but you know, they're, they're uh, whatever you want to call our Minnesota mountain. Um, but just beautiful views everywhere. And then of course the lake, which is uh, pretty amazing it's a just a massive lake we are comparing one of the little bays uh that we drove through uh, we actually went down into duluth and crossed into wisconsin to see my wife's dad um and just this little bay we're like that this is a substantial lake like this is a really good respectable lake anywhere else and this is just like a little drop of water in this massive lake so and then you look at the map and you go okay we went from you know the basically the the south kind of west tip of the lake we went up about two and a half hours and we just hit just a tiny little portion of that lake it's like whoa that is a unreal sized lake when you really start to put it 
into perspective. <laughs> so, yeah. but it's, it's, it's just cool. Uh, it's got an amazing amount of rivers that run into it. And some of them are just, just gorgeous. So anybody who's in Minnesota, you've got to go up to Cascade rivers where we were. That was amazing. It was beautiful. Uh, we've been there before, but it's just, a, it, it's breathtaking every time. And then we went up to the Cadence river, which is again, amazing. Uh, Grand Marais. Um, so a lot of people I'm sure from Minnesota have been up there, but it's beautiful up there. It's worth the trip. Very cool. Got to take advantage of, of the warm weather that we have and, and all those beautiful sights to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's funny. I mean, I love uh, traveling to different places, but it's funny how much, uh, beautiful, how many beautiful things we have in our own state that you sometimes you forget about. Very cool. Well, um, so let's get into today's topic. Uh, and I think maybe a good thing to start off with just, um, just to set some groundwork is maybe the difference between, uh, a class, B class, C class properties. Yeah, sure. Well, I'll, I'll cover, uh, I'll cover some stuff on them. You can add in some uh, opinions as we go or some facts as we go. So C class properties are basically your properties that are, uh, I would call about 1980 and older, uh, properties, you know, sometimes depending on, um, you know, how they were built or the, the neighborhoods too changed, right? So you've got, C-class properties, you've got C-class neighborhoods. A lot of times they marry together, uh, but sometimes there's some difference. We in Minneapolis have some properties that are early 1900s or even 1960s that are A-class or B-class areas. Um, but for the most part, most of our properties uh, around are you know, going to be C-class if they're built before 1980, C-class neighborhood and going to be C-class properties. So uh, but the property for sure is C-class if it's built, honestly, really before 1980. Um, and that's going to be just an older property. It's going to, and the reason I say those are C-class is because they have older mechanicals uh, and the mechanicals and, and older structure, older finishes, older uh, architecture. Um, so the mechanicals in them are the big thing, I think, that, that really make it C-class is you know, your plumbing systems, your electrical systems, uh, and your HVAC systems, those really have a life expectancy to them. And your typical life expectancy on those properties is just about over once you get to that 1980, you know, older than that. Uh, we're kind of getting to that last leg. We're starting to see a lot more Repairs, uh, you know, our plumbing, especially our plumbing, if we're in that galvanized and cast iron, uh, really we start to see a lot of repairs, a lot of patchwork, a lot of uh, replacing parts of lines, uh, stuff like that. So that's that's kind of your C-class. Uh, John, anything add to C-class property? Yeah, I mean, you've you've covered it all there, but I mean, I can just say from property that I own, you know, the electrical, for example, is that old knob and tube wiring. And, you know, one of the issues with that, um, you know, sometimes insurance companies don't want to get involved with those properties yep. uh, because, you know, they're knob and tube catches on fire. Yep. yep. So a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do some stuff uh, as far as a landlord. I mean, of course, replace it all uh, brand new, but that's really expensive. So if you can't afford to do that, 
he could still do some stuff. So like knob and tube. Uh, now we've got LED light bulbs. Well, replace all your light bulbs with LED. That's going to help a lot. Uh, that's going to create a lot less heat on your on your knob and tube, which is, you know, obviously heat is a big factor. So not making sure you're not overloading your circuits, making sure the tenants aren't overloading circuits uh, really can help uh, with that as well. So any, any time we overload the circuit, you get a lot better chance for fire. If we can take the, some of that away, uh, that's going to help a lot. Um, uh, the C-class neighborhoods then tend to be, you know, uh, kind of, uh, your kind of lower middle class, uh, workforce housing, um, you know, blue collar, think like your, your maintenance worker, your, um, you know, kind of your labor more or less, uh, is typically your C-class. Now mixed in there is, is uh, other types of people, but that's kind of your, your main gist of who's C-class. Uh, C-class tend to have a little bit higher crime rate. Not always, uh, depending on where you're at, of course, but typically tend to have a little bit higher crime rate. Um, sometimes a lot more crime rate, um, but we get into D-class once we start, start getting a lot more crime rate. Um, so that's kind of your, your C-class tenant. Um, B class then is going to be your 1980s to, oh, let's call it like 2000, you know, six, 2008. Um, and that's, that's going to be your B class going all the way from B minus to B plus. Um, and that, that's going to be, you know, again, they, they've got, you're going to see some needing some updates. You're going to see, need some, um, you know, some maintenance, uh, but things aren't falling apart yet. We don't have those big expenses typically. Um, sewer systems good and all that kind of stuff still. Uh, and then, yeah, go ahead. That's just the structure, but the, the building codes are so much better. Yeah, good point. From the 80s and, and on. And so even, you know, you're going to need some updates uh, if it hasn't been updated yet, but mo a lot more of cosmetically speaking, versus yeah. the structural uh, systems there. Yeah, and architecturally too, they're, they're a lot more modern looking, uh, especially as you get into the you know, 90s and obviously 2000s. But we start to get a lot more modern looking. But even the 80s, most of our 80s built buildings have, you know, a lot of them have the pitched roofs. They just have the larger windows. Um, you know, they have just kind of the more modern feel and look to them. Uh, they have more kind of tenant space, common space, uh, more amenities. Uh, and those things are definitely a positive uh, because tenants want to live in something that feels you know, newer. They just do. Uh, they're easier to make newer again, you know, in like a 1980s. We still have some of the newer mechanical type systems. We have a lot of the same setup and it, it uh, lends well to today's uh, materials and today's uh, kind of setup. And so it's really easy to do a renovation and bring it back to quote unquote, a new building. So a lot easier to kind of make newish. Um, and then the A-class property, of course, is going to be your brand new buildings, uh, your 
you know, brand new building, your high amenities, your kind of luxury type uh, buildings. Um, those that's going to be, you know, A class. Um, oh, I should, I should, I should, I forgot to really mention B class neighborhoods. B class neighborhoods are going to be your your middle class. I mean, it's going to be right in the middle. It's going to be so blue collars, white collar. Um, you're going to have, of course, a little bit of mix up and down again of that, uh, but it's going to be right in the middle. They're Rents are going to be, you know, right in the middle. Uh, everything's kind of right in the middle with B class. Uh, a class, of course, is going to be your, your high end, uh, mainly white collar and, you know, uh, people that are, you know, renters not by choice anymore. Uh, B class has some renters by choice mixed in there and some renters by necessity. C class is mostly renters by necessity. Uh, they might have, they might choose to rent, but even if they cho chose they didn't want to rent, it would be hard for them to buy a house um, or harder to qualify. And B-class, most of them could qualify uh, for a house. They might not want to, they might not care to, but they likely could qualify. Uh, in A-class, uh, pretty much all of them, you know, with maybe they have, uh, maybe they're young, so they don't have the credit saved up, but most of them, have the jobs and credit worthy to be able to qualify at least if not today, very quickly. Um, so those are your, you know, A-class tenants, uh, high end kind of workers, uh, white, white collar, you know, business people. Yeah. And, and again, with those A-class properties, you know, obviously they're more recently built. So again, the building codes have been updated. Uh, so the, just the quality of the building is a lot better. Uh, yep. And of course, just cause it's nearly, brand new. Yep. And I, you know, again, you, you have some mixing in there. Like we have some areas that are a class that are 1910 built. Um, but typically they've been pretty well updated. Uh, you know, you've got newer windows in there. Usually you've got new mechanical systems in there. They've got air conditioning that they put in. They've got, you know, uh, maybe they do have some of the old plumbing, but a lot of times that has been updated as well. So, we might have areas where a class uh, tenants are living in 19, you know, hundred built building. Uh, but for the most part, it's uh, a class is going to be your 2000, you know, 15, 2018, 2019 uh, built property. Yeah. And then, um, you know, probably some of those would be even a plus, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And when I talk about A, B, and C, I'm talking the gamut. You know, I'm talking, you know, C minus to C plus, B minus to B plus, A minus to A plus. Um, and none of this is a perfect science, right? And so it's all kind of determined on it really when you go in and engage the building and, and really look at what's going on with the building and what's going on with the neighborhood. I mean, you can have an A class building built in a C class neighborhood. I mean, it happens all the time. Usually they're subsidized, but you can still have that uh, phenomenon happening. Uh, people can over, over renovate, you know, so you can have a C class area and somebody can renovate it to a B plus class uh, standard. It doesn't mean it's a B class neighborhood, still C class neighborhood, but they over improved it for whatever reason, maybe by mistake or maybe on purpose, but they over-improved it 
and now it's, you know, this B plus class property in a C class neighborhood, good or bad. Uh, you know, I can't tell you, it depends on that's again, that's uh, really dependent on what, what they're doing with that property and what they're trying to achieve. Yep. Hey, let's take a minute to thank our sponsor, Pine Financial Group. Look, you work hard for your money. Is your money working hard for you? Because of inflation, money sitting idle erodes your wealth. Many investors understand that real estate is a great investment, but may not want the effort or the risk that comes with owning their own property. They want to sit back and have payments, hit their bank account each and every month. Stop eroding your wealth and start building by asking your money to work for you. You should be earning profits while you sleep in investment backed by real estate. Pine Financial Group, the leader in hard money lending in Colorado and Minnesota, was recently approved to offer their investment publicly. This investment offers only for investors in Colorado and Minnesota and is only made through the investment prospectus. Get your copy today. Simply visit www.pineinvestments.com and click to get started. There's a reason why some of the wealthiest people in history invest in loans backed by real estate. Learn more about the risks and returns at www.pineinvestments.com. It's www.pineinvestments.com. I want to invite you to join us at the North Star Real Estate Conference. This conference is September 20 and 21st in Minneapolis, and it's going to be packed full of a ton of great speakers. We've got uh, just a, a great group of people speaking. You can look at our lineup on our website, nreconference.com, and sign up there as well. We've got an early bird special. All you need to do is type in early bird, one word, and uh, you can get $100 off. And that's good through August 10th. So make sure you sign up now. Take action. Look, people that take action and value their education are those who are going to succeed. I know there's a lot of free content. My podcast is free. There's all kinds of free content out there, maybe even free meetups that you're attending. But this conference is going to blow your socks off. This is going to be well worth the price and all the profits go to charity. So it's definitely time to take action. Sign up now. Don't delay because the prices will go up. Um, but you know what? Every time I attend a conference, I 10x. Actually, I would say I'm more like a thousand X even my investment, a hundred, a thousand, potentially even more X my investment. I've met so many fantastic people. I've met investors at conferences. I've met potential partners at conference. I've joined mastermind groups because of conferences. So it's a ton of value. You cannot replace it. So check it out. NREconference.com. Thanks a lot. So then the question is, uh, as we're looking for properties to purchase, to, to own, which kind of class should we be pursuing as a good addition to our portfolio? Well, look, everybody's got a different strategy and different niche. And I think there's value in uh, having C class as your niche, having a B class as your niche and having a class as your niche. So you got to decide what's right for you. I think what I want to speak to the majority of the people right now, and I want to speak to the majority of people that are, especially that are beginning 
uh, and looking at, okay, where do I buy my multifamily or commercial buildings? And for me, it's B class all the way. This is the easiest to, to manage. It's the easiest to, uh, I would say it's the most, I shouldn't say it's the easiest to manage. A class is probably easier to manage. Uh, and actually I, I've heard that a class can be very, I don't have any a class. Um, but I've heard that a class can be very high maintenance as far as the tenants go. So maybe we don't have a lot of repairs and maintenance on the building, but we've got a lot of maintenance on the, our tenants because they're high, you know, they're paying a lot of high rent. They expect everything and, and then some, but as far as B class uh, properties, that's where I would direct everybody to, to begin with, especially because C class can be, C class is the most attractive, right? Because it looks good on paper. Right, so I'm, I'm looking at a property and I go C-class, oh, I can buy this thing for $40,000 a door or $50,000 a door. Like that's amazing. That's great. Or maybe it's $100,000, depends on your market. The Twin Cities, C-class would be closer to $100,000. Um, but either way, I, I can buy this thing for cheaper than, than the Bs and the, and the As. And hey, occupancy is great. Um, you know, rents are really good. This is all going to be great. But then we get a couple things that end up happening on the C-class. First of all, maybe today our market's really hot. So tenants maybe will end up paying a rent. But um, And any kind of little stress happens. And guess what? Our tenants have a hard time paying rent because they're living paycheck to paycheck. They're pinching pennies. They're trying to get by day to day. And that's just what it is. Um, a, a good chunk of your C-class tenants are living paycheck to paycheck. And so a little bit of a hiccup happens. Their car breaks down. Their uh, employer cuts them from 40 hours to 36 hours, uh, 35 or whatever. It doesn't matter. I mean, they, any little hiccup happens, the kids get sick, you know, something happens and all of a sudden, they can't afford rent this month. And so that's just reality of a C-class building. So you have to be prepared to have high vacancies. Uh, you also have to be prepared to have high maintenance because of what we've already said. You've got older buildings and in those older buildings, more repairs happen. I think the biggest repair that I've uh, always hear is plumbing. We have plumbing issues. Anytime I ask a property manager what their biggest issue is, and if they mention anything other than plumbing, I know they're probably lying to me uh, on older buildings, 1980s and older, uh, because that's just the truth of it. Plumbing is a big expense as far as maintenance goes, and we're going to spend a lot of money on that. So plumbing, HVAC, uh, and electrical are going to be big expenses. We're just going to be spending a lot of money on. A lot of times our buildings are a little more tired too. Uh, so we've got to just do a, other little maintenance all around. So it looks great on paper. It's attractive. But when reality happens, that's where, okay, this building I thought I was going to be buying at a, you know, seven cap and doing repairs and I'll be, you know, performing at a, uh, you know, if I could sell it today, you know, it's, or sell it and the value and, you know, it's, we're at a 11 cap, you know, uh, in reality, can you really hit that? I, I, you know, I don't want to tell anybody no, but it's just a lot more challenging. Yeah. And going back to, 
those tenant issues when they have some financial crisis in their lives, you know, eventually that's going to turn into a vacancy at your unit, a turnover, and turnovers in rental units can be some of your highest expenses. Huge, yeah. You know, aside from those major mechanical capital improvements that yeah. you're going to need anyways at those C-class properties, um, when you and you know not to stereotype C-class tenants too much, but in our experience, I think you'd you'd agree, a lot of times those C-class turnovers are a lot more expensive than your A-class turnovers. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, again, that's a little stereotyping. So you want to be careful about doing that. Cause of course, you know, I've had phenomenal C-class tenants and I've had some pretty crappy, um, B-class and maybe even, you know, a, a minus, uh, class tenants as well. So I've had bad experience with all of them, but yeah, for the most part, I mean, I think you're right. Your, your turnover costs on average is probably as much or more as, you know, your, your A and your B. Yep. So, so that's kind of C class that it's, it's, again, it's attractive. It's like, Hey, let's do this thing. Cause we're able to buy it for, like I said, for, for rates that are prices per door that are cheaper and our cap rates are better. But the thing that's happened uh, in this market in probably most municipalities, most areas is that our C class and our B class have really condensed a lot as far as cap rates go. So traditionally you might've had a C class for a eight and a half cap and a B class for a six and a half cap. Well, now that B class is trading at a, let's call it five and three quarter cap, but that C class is trading at a six and a quarter cap. Well, C class has really tightened and gotten a lot closer to that B class. So that's a big kind of red flag to me. You got to really be careful with these C class properties because our cap rates have really compressed in them. And even less is the A class. Those went from five to now four and you know, three quarter or something like that. So those have compressed actually less. So when we talk, when we're talking what's better, B class, C class, A class, you really have to look at the A class and the B class, in my opinion, because those cap rates have compressed a lot less. Um, I like B class the best because the big difference is because I can typically make more money on the B class than the A class. The A class just typically has less opportunity. Um, but if I can find an A class that can perform like I want it to, A class, in my opinion, is the best product because it's the newest product. So it's got the most light, longest life expectancy on it. It's the most attractive. It's going to continue as an A-class for a lot longer. Um, it just, everything kind of tees up to be really good. My tenants are higher credit tenants. They're typically uh, going to be able to pay their rent. Even if a life event happens, they've got a better chance of being able to pay their rent. Now, there's still plenty of A-class tenants that live paycheck to paycheck. You know, and I know plenty of them. But usually their paychecks are bigger. So if a life event does happen, they can cut some of the unnecessary expenses. They don't have to go out to eat. They can maybe cut that... Uh, 
phone bill and cable bill and and uh, maybe Starbucks, uh, you know, uh, they can cut going there quite, you know, quite as frequently and do some of the things that are necessarily just just for pleasure. Uh, they can cut some of that stuff to still be able to live in your property. Where the C-class, it's a lot more challenging because they don't have as many luxuries happening. You know, they might have a phone bill, likely do. Uh, they've got a car bill. Uh, they might have some other bills, but they're not necessarily going to Starbucks and spending six bucks a day, going out to eat for lunch, going out to eat for dinner, that type of stuff, going out every single weekend. Maybe they do some of that, but they don't have as much they can cut as the A class. So that's that's definitely a benefit, big benefit of the A and then to the to B class to a little bit lesser extent as well. Yeah. And again, with um, your A-class property, it's just, it's a really attractive building, which means yeah. you're going to attract those great tenants that really want, they're going to be excited to live there, going to be excited to bring their friends and family to visit. Um, whereas the C-class property, you know, it's like there's always something that has to be fixed. There's always something that has to get repaired. And you know, when, when the property is just kind of always getting run down, it's, it's hard to attract people that uh, really enjoy being there. Yeah. I think, um, I think more thought has been put into our buildings as well as we continue to evolve here. I think people are really paying attention to, you know, common area spaces, hallway spaces. How are, is this set up to be pleasing to the eye as we walk through the hallways. Uh, is there enough lighting there? Does it, or does it feel like that dungeon? Uh, and a lot of the 1960s uh, product in particular uh, that I look at in 50s, 50s, 60s, and 70s product, the hallways are just dark. You know, they're, and there's very little you can do to make them light. Um, they're that are maybe eight foot ceilings only and they're they're tighter and you know it's just not as convenient and nice as you know the six foot wide hallway that with nine foot ceilings or even ten foot ceilings with some light sources at the at each end of the hallway uh we're just set up to to have a better more you know, more attractive kind of common space. Same thing with your entrances and where the offices are located, where your amenities are located. We're really putting a lot of thought into that. Uh, and then exterior wise, you know, we try to make them, some of them I think are going to be the ugly buildings in just a few years because they try to make them too attractive and too like trendy. Uh, and that I worry about those, but most of them that are just built aesthetically pleasing, you know, people, people are attracted to that. At least right now, and things can change, but right now, today, people are attracted to those. Yep. And when you're referring to those smaller hallways or lower hall um, ceilings and different things, uh, just lack of common areas, you know, those are things you can't really change or they no. very difficult to change uh, very expensive um right, impo impossible i mean it's just just not feasible at all yeah yeah so you know there's some of those buildings you just kind of have to they are what they are and it's never gonna change 
Yeah. And we can help them, right? We can add a lot of nice lighting and, and do the right paint color scheme and the right flooring and that kind of stuff. And that's going to help, but is it going to fix it completely? No, it's never going to fix it completely. If you've got eight foot tall ceiling and you've got a three foot wide hallway, it's still a, a, a narrow hallway with low headroom and it feels like you're in a kind of a dungeon versus a nice, big, open, clean uh, space that some of the modern buildings have. By modern, I can, I mean, I would still consider most of the 80s pretty modern uh, where they've, they've really started to set themselves up like that. Um, so, John, I, 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 the title was, uh, you know, B-class buildings are better. And I wanted to go into a couple of things, reasons why I thought uh, B-class was better. And I've already mentioned a few. Uh, but, you know, with B-class, typically you can have fairly strong cash flow still. Uh, you can get cap rates that are a little bit better than the A-class. Uh, and you've got tenants. I, what I like is that you've got a mixture of tenants, right? You've got, you've got plenty of tenants by choice, uh, but you also have some tenants kind of maybe not hundred percent by necessity, but still some that are more so by necessity in there. So you've got a little bit of mixture of that. Uh, you've also, I really like that you've got that middle class. So you've got a really big base of tenants. You know, you, you have the largest base of tenants that are right in the middle. Uh, so I, I definitely like that. There are going to be tenants for probably a little bit longer period of time um, because they're typically not ready to buy a house right after college or right after high school or whatever. They're, they're going to be in your apartment for several years um, before they have those life events where they're going to now move. Uh, you're capturing even the probably a bigger audience of like millennials and stuff. So, uh, sorry, uh, baby boomers. Um, so I think you're just catching the biggest audience. I really like that. I think it's easier to market to. You've got good, clean buildings. Uh, the other thing is I like that. I think you've got a, the, a really good opportunity to do some strong value add to these buildings. Um, you know, you, you, they're, typically have a little bit of outdated nature to them. And so we've got some opportunity to do that. A-class, really challenging because they were just built. How do we do a value add when they're just built? Now we might be able to do uh, you know, something that's stuck in an A-class area that was built in 2004. We might be able to update something like that. But if it's a truly an A-class building, an A-class neighborhood, really hard to do much to it. Um, C-class, we might have a ton of value add, but is are our tenants willing to pay for it or able to pay for it too? I mean, we want to keep rent affordability in line. So are they willing and able to pay for it? And that's a challenge as well. So I like the B-class uh, because of some of those things. Yeah, I mean, if you do a ton of value add on your C-class property that's in the C-class neighborhood, it, and then you're going to you know, ask for rents that would seem reasonable, but that property might just sit vacant because you're, mm. if people are not, the people that are able to pay those rents and, and like the building, they might not be willing to move into that neighborhood. Yep. Yep. 
you know, you're either going to sit vacant or you're just going to have to drop rents back down to market. And well, now you've over-improved a building. I see that all the time. I mean, I know people that buy those buildings or see people buying those buildings all the time. In fact, one was just bought in one of the neighborhoods that I uh, have some properties in. And it's probably a C plus B minus neighborhood. Uh, but you know, somebody just bought a property nearby and, and they're trying to do kind of B plus class finishes in this neighborhood. And right now they're really struggling on getting the rents to where they assumed they could get them to. Well, it's because they use rent comps from, you know, B plus A minus areas. Of course you can't get them there when everything nearby is $200 cheaper. Yep. just not going to happen. And we'll see. Maybe they will surprise me and get them there. I don't think they will, but you know, if they do great, then, then we in the market know, Hey, we can actually get to where they're at. So, or, or push a little higher. So, uh, but, but either way, I don't want to be that guy that tests the market uh, because I'm kind of have to, because I assumed that. I would rather test the market and be very, very happy, happily surprised uh, than be disappointed if it doesn't work. Yep. Yeah. Markets, uh, neighborhoods do change, obviously. Yeah. And you, it's important to kind of watch where those trends are going. But uh, like you said, I mean, you, if you're going to be the first one to see if it's possible, you might be disappointed. Yep, yep. So, um what else? Anything else, John, why, why you like uh, B or maybe C or maybe D or maybe A class? Well, I would say I think the biggest challenge, uh, even though uh, with A class properties, even though they are very attractive buildings, get very attractive tenants, uh, I think the biggest challenge is just the original cost to buy those properties and then the lack of cash flow once you're into them. Yeah. Um, so that would be, you know, the biggest deterrent for me in getting into those. Yeah, um, your cash on cash return is just really tough to make that cash on cash return get much over like a, you know, five to six percent, and that just doesn't move the needle much. Yeah. So I think, you know, for me, I, I'm probably attracted to the uh, C plus B minus properties. Yep. Um, just because you know that's that's what works in my budget now, and um, but I think it's just important when you're going there to really pay attention to uh, how uh, how well has the building been taken care of? Um, is it going to need some major renovations? You know, not just cosmetically, but yeah, uh, with the plumbing like we've talked about with the electrical. And, and if that's the case, you know, really budget in those repairs up front so that you're not scrambling and, and having an emergency, you know, down the road. Yep. Uh, the other reason I think I like B-class a lot better than C-class is because my property managers can manage them a lot more effectively and efficiently. And they're going to be a lot more excited to do it as well, because guess what? They get paid more for the same amount of units and they have less work to do. So on a B-class building, that's a hundred units and they're getting uh, an average of a thousand bucks a unit. They're getting a percentage base, right? They might be getting three or 4% of that uh, rent collection. So if they're getting that versus the C-class building at you know 800 bucks a month, 
um, and the same percentage. At the end of the day, they end up making a lot more money on my B class than my C class. And the other thing is they've got likely less work to do on my B class than my C class. So they're making more money for less work. And I think everybody strives to do that. So my property management companies will be very happy to manage a B class property where they're going to be a little more hesitant to manage my C class property, or maybe they're going to now charge me 4% versus 3%. So they're going to eat up a little bit more of my uh, cash flow in order to do that. So that's another thing I really like about uh, the B class is that they're easier for my property managers and typically that I get rewarded for that as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a really great point. Just the, the mental bandwidth to um, deal with all the issues. I was thinking mm -hmm. earlier in our discussion, you should, if you're going to use C-class properties as your business plan, make sure you and your management team and whatever else have really thick skin. Yeah. You're just going to, you're going to run into trouble on a daily basis and you just need to <laughs> need to be yep. able to deal with it. Yep. Yeah. And of course the lower you go on the C class, if you get down to C minus, uh, even into the D's, um, you know, you've got older and older buildings, you've got more and more problems and that's just going to be the way it is typically with the older buildings with the more problems you've got typically, um, tenants with more problems as well. So, uh, and anytime, quite frankly, anytime you got repairs, you're going to have unhappy tenants. So the more unhappy tenants you have, the less uh, happy you are. So, um, that's, that's a challenge. So if you, if you are going to take on C-class properties, I think you really just need to be aware of the additional expenses and the additional headache that's going to be involved along the way. Not that you shouldn't buy them. You just got to be very, very involved in them. Some people do extremely well and make that their niche and do, do really, really good at it. Uh, but it's definitely challenging. I think it brings more people uh, down and kicks them out of the business than it does make, uh, you know, people really successful. So, yeah. And not to be too repetitive here, but I think, again, if you're going to have C-Class as your strategy, as your business plan, just go into it well capitalized so that you can take mm -hmm. care of those um, repair issues. You know, it, you can have a, a well working, um, C-class property if it's well-maintained. Yep. And then you can have, you know, to an extent, your satisfied clients, your satisfied tenants, if their maintenance concerns are addressed and, and they're not having floods and um, 100%. all that type yeah. of stuff. Yep, I agree, definitely. Well, cool. Um, well, that's all I got. Uh, again, I like B-class. That's my favorite. But, hey. There's sometimes there's just really good opportunity in the C class or the A class and you might want to go there as well. Yep. Well, uh, all of our listeners and viewers, we really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we'd like to hear your opinion on A, B and C class properties. Uh, what, what's attractive to you? What have, uh, what issues have you seen in different uh, classes that we maybe didn't cover here? Uh, so go ahead and comment on the YouTube video or you can comment on our Facebook page pillars of wealth creation. We'd love to continue the conversation with you right there. So. Hey, John, I got a, a new, uh, I started a Facebook group uh, called multifamily mastermind. So our listeners can go on the multifamily mastermind and uh, click to become a, a part of the group. I'd love to have it on there. I really just want to have some good content, sharing ideas, best practices, asking questions, um, 
you know, giving each other uh, leads if we've got some leads that we can't, you know, handle or just aren't in our area, stuff like that. I really want it to be a good collaborative uh, uh, group. So go on to Facebook and, and they can, uh, they can join that group. Very good. What's it called again? Multifamily Mastermind. Okay. Yeah. If you're not on it, and I don't know if you are, I can only invite a few people a day on the group. That's Facebook. I don't know. I, at least I haven't figured out how to invite more than just a few people a day to it. So I might not even invited you yet because it doesn't, it doesn't even allow me to choose who I want to invite. It gives me a list of people and I have to invite them or, or not invite them. <laughs> oh, I believe yeah. you invited me and I believe I'm a part. I just, all right. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool, John. Uh, well, that's it for me. You have a fantastic rest of the day and hey, make every day a Saturday. You too. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. A couple things before we go again, go on to our Facebook page, Pillars of Wealth. We'd love to have you on there. Go on to iTunes, give us a rating and review and subscribe to the show. Also, um, you know, don't forget, reach out to me if you want any help with uh, potentially growing your business and reach out to John Styles to help you buy or sell real estate. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Have a fantastic the rest of the day. And as I say, make every day a Saturday.